Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. It's a historical record of our rise from obscurity to international notoriety. <laughs> Is it though? So once we do something that really takes off, suddenly people will be like, oh, they've got a podcast. And then they'll all then go back through and trace how we got from where we started to where we ended up. No one reads an autobiography of someone that's not famous or successful. <laughs> not that we're fam- not famous or successful, but anyway. How's, uh, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Or Mike, whichever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> reversion. You can hear that transition if you listen back to the podcast. So what are we doing this week? This week we're having a catch-up. We've not spoken to each other for a couple of weeks. We've both been doing some things uh, that need to be discussed and so uh, this week we are treating our listeners to an episode of us having a chat Treat. <laughs> <laughs> we're, well we're just we're, uh, we're gonna do a little bit of a kind of status update really oh. kind of just report on where we're up to what we've been doing and how that kind of relates to our whatever our mission is of you know trying to get things to change for the better Trying to, to, to live in a world that isn't too awful. <laughs> it's like, no, it's work. Vanks like, no, it's just going to be nice. I'm like, no, this is going to be important, though. Well, um, I, I mean, everything we say is always very, very important. But um, I'm looking forward to sort of a nice, relaxed chat myself. You're really hitting that, hitting that we're important, we're very interesting. Vanka's feeling confident today. I would it's like It's because I've got to... glasses now. <laughs> Finally, I've reached the age where I need to wear reading glasses. Oh, lordy lord. So I'm now feeling extra clever. How's it going, Ivanka? What you've been, well, that's a big I mean, question. I think top level, top, and then we'll <laughs> dig in. Top level, I've been working really hard, frankly. Uh, I've earned some money, which is always a joy. Um, is it? <laughs> well, you know, it's nice to not be skint, I find. Uh, mm-hmm. I had that moment where, yeah, I was like, no, I need to get some work. Anyway, I've earned some money, which is positive. I start my teaching thing at Sussex Uni next week, which is a positive. I've been doing... I've been doing still interesting projects, so three or four days on adult social care things and a few days on retirement things. So I'm enjoying mm. that. And uh, life, otherwise, family, everyone's happy. My major big news is simply the need for reading glasses that has been identified. <laughs> <laughs> Have I mentioned that I wear it's, reading glasses now? <laughs> it's uh, immediately apparent upon video conferencing with you. I uh, went to the... We both went, Nick and I both had our eyes tested. He was a bit sort of like, you know, I, I don't wear glasses. Whereas I was like, wow, I get to wear glasses. <laughs> Finally, people would take me seriously. That was my response. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Uh, how are you, Michael? You went to America land. How was that? I went to, I went to San Francisco for a week. I, it was mostly nocturnal as I sort of woke up in the early hours and then had to kind of make the best of it before things, the light appeared or things opened or work could be started it's one of those go to the starbucks at sort of 5 a.m every morning it was yeah it was quite fun being i mean it was I, I saw a little bit more san francisco than i had before just but it was all at night 
you know, I just kind of forced myself out of the hotel room, even though I just wanted to go to sleep because I didn't really adjust my time. It's it's a lot of it's a big time difference. It is. It's not pleasant. Um, yeah. So and then yeah, this week I've just been having a lot of uh, you know working on stuff and just trying to kind of keep up with my uh, production schedules. Uh, podcast videos on YouTube, then those sort of blank state that blank state video I had to obviously finish off last week as well. That was done, wasn't it? So I don't know, like just the blank state video interfered with my normal YouTube video productions. So I sort of had to put in some extra effort to kind of get that back on track. So I've got to finish that today. But yeah, it's chilly here, snowing. Oh yeah, we've got that. Was it nice to meet your work colleagues? It was good. They um I've I've sort of come into a team that is used to a thing taking two minutes to build and figure out figured out a way of making it so that it can build in two seconds and or instantly. Um, did they, so did they all stand up and get... give you a round of applause when you walked in the office? Well, and went, what yes. <laughs> well, this was something oh, I cool. had been oh, wo- cool. Huh? Well, this was something I had been working on, but then it was this. I came into this this big Amer- It's like this big sort of startup world, you know, uh, Bay Area, whatever you call it, uh, office with all the amenities, a big wall of snack options available, all the different coffees, all the different sort of things. Every lunchtime there was some special thing put on for you, and like in the breakfast on the Friday, and all all these different things. But I come in, it's all. Um, sort of do my thing, kind of beavering away my thing. But then it's already like the kind of boss man's heard about what I've been doing. It's like, oh, wow. And then on the Friday, they, they sort of got me to do a talk. They have this like round of stand-up talks right. where you just kind of, and there's people, and the marketing thing, we've changed this. And and I was sort of, and they sort of said, oh, well, why don't you talk about that? I was like, mm, okay. So I sort of um, prepared some slides and went up and did a bit of a, got some laughs. I showed some pictures of what I've been doing, got and got a, ra- a little ra- a round of applause. And uh, it's been a while since I've had a round of applause. So I quite, and it was a bit like, oof, you know, heart rate going kind of thing. Just standing up in front of a load of people that <laughs> don't really know who I am, just to sort of explain some technical stuff that I'm doing. But I think I told the story well, and it certainly benefited from our conversations in structuring that. Um... And then, yeah, I've been hearing things afterwards about how people liked it, liked my little talk. Did a bit of, hi, I'm a, I'm a, as you can tell, I'm British, therefore I find nothing awesome. But uh, Did you do that? <laughs> yeah. That's very good. <laughs> but you, except for this, this. I don't really find things awesome, but here's what I've done. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm a bit like, I've just overworked i think would be the one word answer just yeah. um oversubscribed i was i i used the phrase my brain's run out yesterday evening i was just mm. done uh, and my head actually was physically hurting so i i just had enough <laughs> i was like Phew. all this thinking <laughs> mm. <laughs> and having to be doing. clever <laughs> takes it out of you i find yeah week you did a 
a sort of Twitter thread. Do you want yeah. to sort of like tell the, yeah. the this tell week our four listeners about it? So <laughs> sorry, tell our <laughs> listeners about it. <laughs> I, I infinitely patient listeners about my uh, Twitter activities. So the headline I think is Ivanka tweets and gets thirteen thousand likes and over six thousand retweets. At That's time nuts. of the corner. That is a lot. That is. 13,000. As, as Nick said, Nick looked at it and went, well, you know, it's not as good as the Trump one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, but this time I've done it without the intervention from, <laughs> from the president of America. So I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's kind of the he- headline punchline to maintain your interest in the story. But really, <laughs> the... The um, what happened was we have definitely talked about this on a podcast for somebody who spent some of their formative years in a country with a lot of political back and forth, uh, which ended up in a war. The current state of the world is very unsettling emotionally. Yeah. And it sort of feeds into, for me personally, it feeds into lots of feelings of anxiety and anger and lack of control and all these things that I think, you know, they're quite uh, intellectually, they I think they're very understandable. Uh, emotionally, it doesn't really make it that much easier uh, to, to deal with. So um, on Wednesday morning, on the before I, I was sitting at the kitchen, we always have breakfast together. And I was like, I feel really angry and sad in my belly was the best way of mm. describing it and I felt like that for a while so I was sat, so sat on the train and I keep seem to be going through a phase of tearing up quite easily watch the news and just or can't watch the news so I sat on the train and I wrote a thing that came out of me a bit I would say either way I felt about it it was more like a poem it has rhythm it has and it just came out like that I had to do I did very little I removed one or two words and I hovered over because the the second to last line or last line uses the word Britain and I thought about saying you know should I say UK England Britain and I just went with Britain uh, because I think it has bigger connotations in terms of empire frankly so i wrote put this thing on the internet and should i read it out yeah yeah it's not super long so it says when i was 14 i lived in a country called yugoslavia this is a civilized country people said there will be no war we had hyperinflation that means that they had to knock zeros off the currency so you didn't have to carry buckets of cash this is a civilized country people said there will be no war we had lots of nationalist chatter even some pop songs that triggered fights at school discos. This is a civilised country, people said. There will be no war. Then I was 15. Teachers didn't get paid. My mother was a teacher, so I know. But this is a civilised country, people said. There will be no war. It's the others people blamed, the ones not like us. But this is a civilised country, people said. There will be no war. I was in Mostar in school and I wondered how I would get home if there was a war. But this is a civilised country, people said. There will be no war. When I was 16, my parents went out to dinner one night. I babysat my siblings. It was a Saturday. We're going to England, my parents said. We think there will be war. It was 1991 and there was war. It's 2019. I'm 44 and I live in Britain. But this is Britain, people keep saying.
the the response has been quite I don't know if it's a surprise. I don't know how it got picked up that people have shared it. I think it's, it's as emotional as I felt. What it, yeah. What it, I mean, I guess what it touches, it touches that uh, government shutdown thing, doesn't it? Mm. Like with teachers not getting paid. Um, so that makes it feel very, like now, right now. And then just the, the, the idea of sort of others, us versus them, is very much a problem that we're all having to kind of untangle at the moment so I just think even on those and then just the fact that it's you know very much from your experience you know in some ways I think it's like it doesn't doesn't need explain so I haven't responded to any comments the only person I responded to was somebody that I know who commented mm. who you know so if I don't know you I've not commented on your comment because I just I think I've said as my sister said <laughs> she said you said your piece <laughs> Yes. You can shut up now. Um, but it was the, the assumption, obviously, lots of people have made that it's all about Brexit. Uh, so there's a very literal interpretations, which is like, well, this is Britain. Of course, there won't be war. That's not the point. The point is, when you're living in a country where things are... So one person commented and they said, war happens, peace you have to work at. Mm. And I think that's the... The, the, the crux of it there was a historian a woman who I had never encountered uh, I'm you know I'm quite it's quite nice some of the people that have commented and shared it are um, you know they're historians they study this sort of stuff so I mm. Alex von Tunzelman she shared it and she said because she got engaged with some of the commentary first with people saying you know people taking it very literally which mm. Anyway, she basically said this is about exceptionalism, not about... It's not an apocalyptic prediction of what's going to happen in England. That's not... And that's not what it is. It is simply my experience. For me, I did live in a country that, you know, people were... Nobody goes to school in the morning or goes out to dinner thinking, you know, like, oh, obviously the country's descending into war. Nobody... I mean, some people commented, of course we knew that it would go to war after Tito died. Yes, <laughs> lots of people did. My father understood that, which is why we left before there was a war. They didn't wait for the war to prove a point. Um, there's also lots of people that have assumed I'm not British uh, from my name. I mean, I kind of, I didn't, don't, you don't need to say everything, I think, yeah. in, a, in a thing like this. Oh, by the way, I was born in Birmingham. Some, somebody said... Something snark. Oh, you must have been well connected if you could make it out. Yeah, and I, I, I so wanted uh, to go. Born in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't. suppose. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Is there's an immigration, there's a refugee mm. line on this. If you don't know you, you don't. We don't know. You know, your name is foreign. Yeah, there's there's ref. There's there's also even I think personally, it's not about. You know, this is my story. It could be lots of stories in lots of different places. But it's all, it also talks about, you know, the uncertainty around climate change. Nobody yeah, knows yeah. what's going to happen until it happens. That is the reality. And you, your, your assumption or any assumption that it's going to be OK is extremely passive and not it's like being diagnosed with something bad and going well you know it'll be probably be okay nobody does that we all try and keep our house in order um but when it comes to sort of politics we seem to think or government 
or the, the state of the world. We seem to assume that the state of the world will look after itself and it won't. Yeah, we don't. Most of us don't know what it's like for something innocuous to turn out to be life changing because we're kind of kept quite safe generally. Yeah. And we, but the, 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 like, you know, I did say this a couple of weeks ago, like, that, you know, before, like, the end of, as the sort of like enlightenment was coming in and the sort of scientific revolutions, and there was a lot of, a lot of people felt like it was the or, that then was sort of like the end of war and the end of sort of like the 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 less desirable human behaviors and then you know you get you know the first world war and second world war you get all these things happening afterwards that people just sort of weirdly assumed were now impossible and so to think that this time of in history is any different is a pretty naive yeah, I, th I mean, I, I think this, um, if you want to live in a clean and tidy house, you have to clean it and tidy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's boring. Like, <laughs> it's really boring. Yeah, but, you know, if that's what you want to achieve, you actually have to put some effort in. Uh, this historian woman, she wrote, she said, sharing this again, because it's, import it's an important warning against exceptionalism. The thread mm. doesn't predict an apocalyptic scenario post-Brexit. It cautions against taking security and stability for granted. We shouldn't assume it can't happen here. Mm. I mean, gee, <laughs> thank you very Listen, much, Helen. You've made a piece of art that I, is being I, interpreted and well, shared. And shared. So I think, it's you know, good. it's like, a, um, I was a bit, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it did. It's weird in the times now because there is so much sensationalism in the like the media is all about this sort of sensationalizing every little thing and kind of showing you things from so far away that you do get sort of like desensitized to it as well, which mm, is I mm. think is a modern like perspective on all of this that maybe has been missing. So we're not only kind of like dealing with that complacency. Yeah. Um, and thinking that these things don't need to be worked out. We don't need a European Union. That's What did that ever solve? It, you know, like, oh, yeah, just, uh, just we were kind of at war before all that, <laughs> like quite regularly. Um, it, that, that I just wanted to throw that in, that, that, that I think now we've got that kind of complacency plus kind of just being completely... Um, exhausted from all of the threats that we're perceiving that never do come to anything um so i think the other side some of the comments that are on the post are about yes but yugoslavia was like this and yugoslavia was like that it's like mm. yes every set of circumstances is completely unique and but this idea that you know, and then somebody from Syria has commented and or somebody has said, I've got a friend from Syria. Somebody from Syria was like, that's the thing that people don't understand. It's like, you know, pe people, we, when somebody says Syria to you today or somebody says Bosnia to you today or Yemen or any of these places, we think of them as war zones. 
Yeah. Before they were war zones, people got up in the morning and rowed over whether their coffee was hot enough and, uh, you know, what the, what happened at that soap opera last who's night. Who's giving you, a, who's who's giving giving me you cold coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I tend to be the one dishing out the cold coffee. Um, no, it's like, there's a whole, should you warm the coffee cup up? <laughs> they <didn't> oh. Know. <laughs> what? No, what? Well... <laughs> Okay. Perhaps. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <a> insight. <laughs> I just not heard that one. <laughs> we uh, don't. We don't row over over hot coffee. Anyway, but you know, like I, mean, I think you've exposed the, uh, the, the in, in, trouble in paradise. <laughs> and, go, go on. Sorry, Syria. Back to Syria. <laughs> the uh, the thing that um, uh, you know people were shouting about whatever soap operas were being watched or whatever was on telly and whatever some pop song and blah blah blah. You know they were living yeah. their lives. And then, and you know, they were watching the news every night and maybe, yeah. you know, checking the radio, what's going on. Oh, those politicians, they might have been getting drunk in pubs going, oh, for those politicians, what a bunch of losers or mm. aren't they brilliant, whatever it is. And at some point, that was not the case anymore. And it turns mm. into war. And it is a slow boiling, you know, it is yeah. a, it's a slow boil. It's not, a, you know, it's not one day. Yeah, people think change is this sudden thing. But it's like I've been saying with the singularity. I think we've just kind of eased into it. I think it's happening. Like, I think nothing ever happens in an immediate moment. Like, everything always slowly encroaches. And then maybe, like, one, you get these sort of, I don't know, defining events, like the the morning of the Brexit vote, where you go, what? Um, but then it's just, everything's slow. Change is yeah. slow. And you Even know, yeah. radical change. And you can trace it back to events that may or may yeah, not have seen, seemed so yeah. dramatic at the time. You know, Rosa Parks sits at the front of a bus. You mm. know, that's a powerful moment in history. Yeah. I bet it didn't feel particularly powerful at the time to most of the yeah, people yeah. that were involved with it. It's like a, it's just someone's it's on just a bus. So what? Some, yeah, <laughs> so, and um, and so it's like the political unrest often leads to economic unrest, which is what people can't cope with and they can't live with. Politics is all very interesting when it's something that happens on the news that you choose to discuss or not discuss. When it starts affecting your livelihood, that is not um, something that's so easily dealt with. And the yeah. problem that I, you know, one of the things that I find unsettling is this is the the problems with the climate the climate crisis whatever if you mm. want to be all gentle about it or not the reason for me there's a few too many things colliding at the moment that make it this a very unpleasantly unsettling time to live in you know but it doesn't stop me getting up in the morning and going to work it's just that i think the more people that understand that to keep our house tidy we need to actually clean and tidy it the better Mm. I am. Um, I heard someone on uh, the first Team Human episode I've dis I uh, skipped through yesterday was one where there was this guy that was talking as though, like making plans as though four degrees is basically is is a done deal and just kind of like talking about this kind of future world where the wastelands and how we're going to kind of live in that world and just kind of planning for that and I was like I am not ready to give up completely no. not doing anything about this four degree thing yet you seem to be ready for that and like talking as though you're assuming that that's what's you know, going to happen it's unchangeable it's like come on I don't I don't I didn't like that guy you know I no. had to just skip the episode then the other the other the other episode I someone said something about um it was like a filmmaker and he said um 
you know, you just they just sort of they just sort of think of the politicians and all that lot like, as the grown ups that kind of they do do all their serious grown up stuff and we can just play and kind of do what yeah, we're yeah, doing. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's you don't expect the grown ups to drop the ball or no. kind of not be you know looking after you. And it's when that you yeah. I think I think that's really the the the. <laughs> the really difficult thing for everybody. Um, and it's like, you know, that's what we do. We elect our politicians to keep the country running. That's yeah. what we do. And so this idea that we have to actually, you know, you look up and they're not behaving themselves and they're not, you know, mummy and daddy haven't been shopping for food. <laughs> well, they don't like... seem to be getting on with their, their friends that they need to be talking to. <laughs> no. And, you know, these the people in the other countries, that is kind of, that is yeah, the only yeah. reason to be a politician Tish. rather yeah. than just an engineer of a state. It's like, because you've got to, like, deal yeah. with people from other countries and keep those relationships and, strong. And each other. Jeremy Corbyn yeah. and Theresa May aren't talking to I mean, each other. I mean, let's not even. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like know. so, so, so the, the to to those people who who read my my what it, my my uh, my piece of art, <laughs> mm -hmm. who read my words and try and explain line by line by line why that's not the same as Britain. I'm sorry, but you're really deeply missing the point. Often, I do an I Ching reading, which is you know the sort of Chinese book of you know five thousand year old book of wisdom um, that uh, you basically throw some you, you get you you, it's, you randomly generate an answer to a question from a tome of knowledge kind of thing, and I was sort of, I was having one of those moments and I and I asked the question why do I work so hard on things when nobody pays attention. I was like, why, why am I doing this? Why do I just spend my whole life just killing myself over stuff that no one gives a shit about? And it really, like, answered it. <laughs> what did it say? So, and, and I think this also puts a lens on the, you know, the conversation we had like, about our, you know, our approaches to things. And um, so it says, um, it gave me hexagram 64 before completion, the transition from chaos to order depends upon achieving your inner true calm. So I might sort of skip the kind of like fluffy stuff, but the, the horoscope um, bit. Um, the transition is not yet complete. Here it depends upon you strengthening your clarity, calm and conscientiousness, but boring, whatever. OK, it often comes as an indication that we have not yet achieved a genuine inner equanimity. Did I say that? Equan equanimity. What is equanimity? Uh, just sort of repose, just sort of like um, something, just in a, 
you know, just inner self-assuredness and like you're kind of in balance with yourself, I think. But feel free to, I think I did Google it at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I can right click on it, can't I? Can Look you? up equanimity. I've looked it up. I've looked it up. You're right. Yeah. Um, and as long as we respond to outer pressures with our egos by worrying, desiring or becoming aggressive, we cannot attain a successful repose. The I Ching reminds us how to abandon the hysterics of the ego in favour of acceptance, modesty and inner balance. And I, I kind of feel like that's the point I was trying to make about your sort of speech on Facebook showed an inner repose. It felt like it was coming from a place of equanimity and sort of like self-assuredness and sort of not needing to... Whereas I, I kind of felt like what I was trying to do was being battered by the ego still. I was still kind of like letting what second guessing what someone else might say, what some criticism. A lot of it was coming from sort of imagined attacks upon my own ego, maybe. Um, you know, just the worry, the desire, the kind of even the, the question that I've asked is like, what, you know, what is that? That's ego. The whole thing is ego. And it needs to come from, I kind of need to f just find and accept that inner, inner repose that lets me not get distracted by you know what how other people might react or if i just if i just said the same and, and i think it's <laughs> just to like clarify 100 percent i meant it as a huge positive <laughs> right yeah, yeah. that you wouldn't be kind of like that you would just here's my piece but i think that you is know? A, yeah yeah so i do i don't I'm, i was just thinking about what that means in terms of what you said so that mm. that is how i feel at the moment in my life, it may mm. be something to do with simply where I am, who I am, how I am. Mm. And I think there's been a big change. I have felt a big change the, 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 from recording this podcast. Mm. This podcast has been, for me, a journey to being <laughs> fully accepting of my own voice. Mm. So not in a not in a therapy psychology way, I don't think yeah. more in a work way, like a, in yeah. a just doing it every week. And, you know, the sky has not caved in. Mm. It hasn't like, OK, we're not famous. <laughs> we're not rich. <laughs> However, I mean, you know, it's been. Well, maybe it's because I haven't quite got there. Yet. Yeah, maybe we just <laughs> maybe have to wait for just you. get there as well. But I think that's one of the things that I've been. I mean. For for people who know me, I when I am confident in my opinion, I have no problem expressing it. I think what I've that's free, or, or when I feel strongly, maybe it's not even confidence. If I feel really strongly about something, never in my life have I been particularly bothered about expressing that opinion or view or whatever it is. And then worry about the consequences later, mm. <laughs> and then go, what have I done? What have I done? Um, mm. But I think for me, I don't know, you know, I do think the act of recording and listening back to oneself weekly is quite an interesting. It's got to be similar mm. to doing a diary, just, I think. Um, that yeah, has been very you're useful. you're not bouncing. I... Yeah, but yeah, you're having your ideas challenged um, in a pretty safe, okay, we broadcast it on the internet, mm. but. You know, come on. It's a bit, it's, I think it requires, I think when you put something in a podcast, if you put something on Twitter, it's very easy for somebody to go, yeah, 
at you. Mm. But if you're putting it in a podcast, people have to invest a bit of time to actually listen to it before they can yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah. also, I think we take out like I do. You know, we take out all the stuff that you may. You know, I take out all the ums and ahs and the yeah, oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna look this up and all that stuff. So it does become okay. This is what I meant to say, and I hope it's I'm <laughs> editing it so that you're hearing what you meant to say as well. But um, like, well, I'm glad that you know. <laughs> I, it just sounds like I got to catch up, and I think it, it comes across in that you know the thing you did this week as well. Just you, I, I, I'm very happy that you're in that place, and I would like to be able to get there myself. Well, darling, job much to know. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll, uh, let me just let me just go through a few more lines of this. So this denotes a time of great responsibility. In a very real sense, it can be said that the state of the world depends upon your thoughts and conduct now. The external world will come into order if the the external world will only come into order if the inner world has done so. Therefore, seek now to correct whatever in yourself is at odds with the principles of the sage, which is the, the book, whatever. Quiet your ego, make humility and acceptance your primary goals and move forward like a fox walking on ice. <laughs> Cautious. I was walking on ice today. Cautiously, deliberately and gently. By persevering in what is true and good, you build the foundation upon which good fortune can come to rest. Wow. And I quite like that there's the changing lines. It's a time to wait, but don't lose sight of the goal. To rescue yourself and others, stay true to the end. Yeah, we've got this. Do not indulge in egotistical fantasies now. Okay, got it. No more <laughs> egotistical fantasies. It's very hard, though. Because um, the annoying thing is, like, as soon as you don't need it anymore, you get 13,000 likes on your tweet. <laughs> but not before. No. <laughs> Although, you know, you've had a bit of encouragement, I guess, but, like, from the Trump thing. But, like, uh, yeah, I just can't, can't I? taste it with the ego <laughs> before I don't need it and then it says do not exercise your ego when things change for the better by remaining disciplined mm. and modest you ensure continued good fortune and that's what I'm hoping I'm on the cusp of and I, it sounds like you're already kind of doing it but, <laughs> but, but I think there's uh, only go on there's one little bit though that I think you're oh. that might help which is that uh Oh, this is part of that conversation I was having with my cousin when I was in Croatia before Christmas. And he was like, yeah, he's in 65, 66. It's like, you know, the whole purpose of life is just to, to keep under, working on yourself and to keep understanding yourself. Mm. And I think if that's the aim, then, you know, being kind of this whole, you know, your best self, your acceptance of yourself, all these phrases, some, sometimes they're pushed out by like hippie life coachy types. But mm. really being the, if you make sure you're the best you, then I mm. think you do better, one does better work rather than like, it's not for the purpose of doing better work. It's mm. for the purpose of being yourself, truly. Well, I think part of it is just literally not wasting half of your energy on sort of imagined threats and imagine like if the thing is about how you think well for me it's like the thing is so often so much about how I'm worried people react to it that it gets incorporated back into it that 
that's it's it's that problem of defining something by what it's not. It's it's that problem. But and so that's sort of okay. I know what this is. I know what I'm trying to do. I'm clear. I know. I trust myself enough to know that. Obviously, it, that there is enough substance to this that I don't have to be defensive about it. I don't know. I, 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 I'm think, trying. I yeah. hope I heard what you said as well. But like, <laughs> it comes back to that individual being the seat of genius. That's not the. That's not the way. A good way to think. And I think when you talk about this thing just coming through you into Twitter, that's really how this stuff works. And you just need to sort of get out the way and just let it happen. So when an idea comes through, get out the way and don't kind of get fixated on like altering it and just protecting it and doing things. Just yeah. let the idea flow freely through you. And that that's not a thing about you. That's not a thing about you as an individual. It's a thing about just, I guess, being in harmony with 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 you know the world but yes yeah i think it is i think i think i i've all i was gonna say i'm not i'm no writer well i do i like writing things down writing is a way of sorting out my ideas but i don't really write for any reason uh, other than sometimes it's it's useful to me um but you know, like when you're analysing, when I'm doing my work, when I'm analysing qualitative data, you shift it around, shift it around, shift it around, shift it around, and so then then a pattern emerges. And when mm. the pattern emerges, then it's very easy to speak about it because mm. it's a pattern, and I can explain it because it's based on analysis. And it's the same way, like sitting on the train on Wednesday morning, I have shifted around my anxious feelings for weeks months mm. two years yeah, yeah. and so and you know there was a the, the that that represents the sort of result of the analysis if that makes mm. you know so it's like yeah. so and at yeah, that point like it's done and mm. anyone else can say or do whatever they like it's like this is my truth you know mm. please help yourself <laughs> to some other truth you know like we've all got them but i still you know i hope more people read it properly than don't What I then loved about my I Ching reading was that the second, the changing lines led to the second hexagram of enthusiasm. So after we'd uh, done an episode on enthusiasm, I thought it was quite nice to get some uh, some some advice on that. That it was some stuff that um, we didn't think of. Um, so it starts with proper enthusiasm opens every door. The I Ching teaches that there are two kinds of enthusiasm, one that leads to misfortune and one that leads to success. Um, this hexagram comes as a sign that you can proceed with confidence now if your enthusiasm is properly founded. Oh, no. How do you know if it is proper? So, improper enthusiasm <laughs> is fueled by the desires of the ego. Oh. People often desire recognition, wealth, power or freedom from difficulty. Such desires can become so great that we will do anything to achieve them. Our energy rises as we wildly pursue our goal, but this unruly and egotistical enthusiasm inevitably leads us to, into incorrect and imbalanced behaviour and into misfortune. Oh no. Proper enthusiasm, on the other hand, is fueled by a devotion to attaining and expressing inner balance and inner truth. When your aim is not to influence others or to satisfy your ego, but to follow the guidance of the higher power, in, uh, this is, um, you acquire another kind of energy, a balanced and bottomless eagerness for living in step with what is right and good. 
In this, there is true power and true grace. Who wrote this, this thing? This I Ching. This is an, this is an old. Uh, so you got to sort of translate it a little bit from okay. you know oldie tongue, I guess. <laughs> but like you know, but we're talking about you know a place of genuineness, yes. a place of truth, a place of of honesty. You know, rather than a the place of ego. Yeah. Um, this hexagram reminds you that striving out of your ego will now only push you further away from your goals. Seek instead to follow proper principles. Keep to what is innocent, correct and kind and the creative will come to your aid. Oh. That was a capital C, creative. Um, the part, well, I suppose the creative could be the the thing that rushes through you and went at that moment where kind of you bring something into existence. Um, the path of truth is always the path of least resistance. Is that what they say? So that 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 so that that was a reading that I was like, okay, that was a so every so often it's like, right, I'm going to tell you <laughs> in no uncertain terms the answer to the question. So um, I've just been sort of, but it's one of those things. I mean, it, it's a horoscope, but it's um, it doesn't pretend to be quite as closely bound to something. It, it admits to the randomness a little bit more. Um, it doesn't sort of like. It's not like you were born on this day. Therefore, Therefore yeah. you are will come into great fortune soon. It's a bit more like be a, just be a good person. Yeah, but you know, I think I think these are you know this is good advice. <laughs> I mm. mean, we've spoke. You know, I I think that the the readings that I've always found most fit my life philosophy. I don't know if you're supposed to find things that fit your life philosophy or <laughs> you're supposed to let your life philosophy find things. I don't know. But is, is you know, all this the, the Buddhist teachings, a lot of the Buddhist yeah. teachings around, you know, absence of ego and, human, you know, just being, yeah. work on yourself and other things will be, you know, that's really, truly the only thing in life that you can really do. <laughs> mm. I wish the dog was not barking as you were saying that. I <laughs> don't know what his problem I think there's too many people off work and sliding around in the road outside. Oh, Maybe I'll Lord. bring him up. It might actually be oh more God. useful. Hang on. Or do you want me to bring it out? He's now curled up on the floor right. at my feet. That's how um that's how some other podcasters do it. I know. So you know, well, get the dog in. I'm in the room. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. Yeah, and I I like that. I like the chink because it's sort of like you got to have some sort of magic book in your life just to sort of throw in a bit of that kind of ancient wisdom. I don't really want it to be the Bible or I I, no. I don't know what if there's a Buddhism book, but like I just I found this one and thought that's that's cool. That's like an encoding of human wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. like isn't influenced by the modern world in the same way, but still should occasionally provide a bit of guidance. But yeah. yeah. But you know, ego also keeps you alive. You know what I mean? Like it's not all the ego's not the root of all evil, but it's yeah, something but... that can really I mean, but most evil people have lost check of their ego. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it's that sort but of. It's, but but don't forget, my question was, why do I work on these things so hard when no one pays attention? Right, that was oh, that's yeah. so that's the framing of all this. So that's like, uh, what about me? maybe if I asked it about what's wrong with Donald Trump, it, and we sort of looked at it from that perspective, it would mean something very different. But like, um, okay, how are you going to work on your kindness and humility and? Well, I don't know about. Ego? 
<laughs> I don't know about that, but one thing I did have a little think about was I, I sort of ended up, like, on the plane, it was, like, eight hours in, I, I started thinking about... So this is kind of... Let's, let's do a little blank state segment. I thought, like, well, maybe if, like, after our conversation, maybe I can just um, just explain to people what I'm trying to do yeah. um, rather than trying to make let it naturally... Because the more I think about the video I've done, the more it's, like, to have an opinion on it, you have to both be a blockchain expert and really know lots about government and and it's like it's not really it's it's kind of I've done something that if I could get a conversation around would would benefit me in one of the more difficult areas of, of knowledge yeah, but yeah. it's something that is going to be very there's going to be like two people that can actually respond to it so um and just through the prism of your you know talking about education talking about to some extent you've got to is it to start conversations or is it to bring people from into a to some things that we know are true but that they might not know are true yet yeah. because they haven't really thought about it yet which is probably if this comes from I want to help people make better voting decisions ultimately like be better democratic but oh, I've read a uh, article today about how we shouldn't be criticising people who voted leave even though it makes them worse off because um, values-based voting isn't a bad thing per se. Um, if you really do believe sovereignty is a thing, then why shouldn't you be, you know, why, you know, we always vote for socialist things that will maybe lead to us having less tax, you know, having to yeah, pay more yeah. tax. So it's not necessarily an argument. Also just thinking about there's nothing different between poor people. Poor people aren't poor because they're dirty I, I, I can't think of a better way to put this. I don't want to leave this one. But, like, people, like, rich people think poor people are dirty, right? <laughs> like, ugh, poor people. They're not poor because they're dirty. They're dirty because they're poor. I, I kind of want to reject the, the, their dirty thing, but do you see what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. simply a difference in the amount of money they've got. There is no, like, qualitative difference between them and you. It's just they haven't got as much money. Yeah, I mean that's the same. That I started. What the the I know we've uh, and we'll probably come to the sharing of that. The the guy who went to Davos and went, no, hello billionaires, can you please yeah, pay yeah, more yeah. tax? There's a TED talk by him. Like just started watching. Like it, oh, I've saved it, so I haven't got time. But I didn't have time mm. this morning. But it's about that. It's like poor people aren't you know there's always this assumption that poor people are somehow they smoke because they're stupid and poor or they eat mm. unhealthily because they're stupid and poor and they don't know yeah. any better whereas you know that's just not they're just people <laughs> yeah it costs <laughs> more money to go to whole you know to get you know the nicer the better food it's just that's money and that's actually really easy to solve well especially, compared to yeah. a lot of the other problems we're facing if we just Distributed the money a bit more easily. So oh, this yeah. guy, if he's talking about that as well, I really need to I, find I out more about who he is. That that Davos video that included him and the woman from Oxfam, when the yeah. billionaire went, you know, America's got more more employment than it's ever had. She said, mm. "Yeah, of women who are having to wear adult nappies because yeah. they're not allowed to go for a wee at work." I mean, yeah. fuck you with your employment <laughs> figures. You, Thank you so much for that job. You, you billionaire twat.
my mother once we were talking about Mark Shuttleworth and Bill Gates in the same conversation and she said she, I think she started she's like that Bill Gates she goes giving away all his money now now he's giving away his money <laughs> she goes at least Mark Shuttleworth's always giving away his money she's like <laughs> like it's built into his wealth like this mm. kind of setting up trusts and doing things and mm. you know ubuntu and all that stuff she's Albeit like running away to a tax haven so, so well you know, you know there's still that, that there's still that there is definitely still that element of uh oh no i'll tell you where my money's gonna go that philanthropic yeah. thing that, that that guy was having a go at them for but um however <laughs> at least it is baked in same with like a lot of these you know like the the guy that owns Patagonia is, but he does tax. They do, Patagonia does tax, you see. Did you see they, oh, I definitely said it on here. They gave back, they gave their tax relief that Trump's given them away. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, we talked you know, about that, didn't we? we did. Can, well, I, since I do, since we are talking about this, I just, like, I, I did do a little attempt at a meme on Facebook on this just <laughs> yesterday. I said, like, money won't solve your all your problems so it's understandable that billionaires choose certain types of philanthropy um, i.e the kind of stuff that will benefit them i thought like what if we introduced something like discretionary taxes where people could have a little more say over where their contribution went so if mark shuttleworth could pay his taxes but also because he's sort of like he didn't technically have to pay this chunk of it uh he's sort of fit, that maybe he should be allowed to like move a slider a little bit. Maybe it's only ten percent of that that he can actually say where it goes, and the rest of it we decide. But like that's in balance with how many of his problems match with our problems. Um, so that's I sort of connected it back to the video through that. But yeah, no one gives a well, shit, I think it's I... a I think it's a interesting. So combining tax paying with philanthropy, basically, or so that sort of like, I'm a billionaire, I'm not a billionaire because I'm stupid, so I want to make my own decisions about where my money goes. I immediately translated it down to, when I saw it, I was like, I don't want to pay more tax. Well, <laughs> I just want the tax to be the right, you know, just tax everybody. Let's get everyone paying tax, the same amount of tax. I was like, I'm not giving them more tax than I'm supposed to give them. <laughs> so, but then well, I'm not a billionaire. I, but also, I think that's a, not a not a. I think the fact that we do like whittle down our taxes to the bare minimum is it's not. I mean, isn't some of this about thinking about other people and yeah, thinking yeah, about totally. society and like we should be we should not see tax as this, you know, theft. We should see it as. My it Our was contribution a, it was to, a you know. very gut emotional like what do you mean? Oh, would I choose to give more tax over my tax bill? I suppose I did see it yesterday <laughs> when I paid my tax bill. <laughs> I was like, how much? <laughs> it's like, a, more than this. This is plenty. Um, <laughs> so I definitely had that moment. You know, I think maybe the timing was off. <laughs> my brother had just paid his as well. So he was like, happy birthday, Mr. Taxman. <laughs> this idea, I was trying to go through like the motion in my head of paying tax and then going, no, here's another 10%. It's I know, like, this is what really I want to imagine. It's really counterintuitive. like, no, I can't even picture it in my own. Give them more. Well, um, if, if, if you're not even kind of, <laughs> if you have that reaction still, then what hope for, uh, you know, people, I guess, need to be... Well, you know. It's just like, it, it's the money that you would be donating to charity. Yeah, yeah, I get To some extent. Yeah. So I just wish, you know, I, I wish people could, I think there could be something in that, but obviously it sounds like you'd have to overcome a lot of... Um, 
don't know. Yeah. I think it's a change thing, like having to mm. do the. Um, yeah, you know, I just need to process mm. it. You'll, I'll come back to you like in a couple of months. Going, oh, Michael, it's a brilliant idea. I've come to terms so with it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's sifted through my brain. Yes, yes, I should be a vegan who pays extra tax. <laughs> So I wanted to, I don't know if this is right either, but maybe this is just, here's my mission statement. Maybe it's not something that needs to be recorded and broadcast. I need to keep some uh, mystery. mystery to it. But, yeah. um, so I put, hello, my name is Michael, and I wanted to explain this idea I have. I live in the UK, the home of Brexit. However this circus concludes, we will still have a lot of problems to solve here. I wanted to find a way to use my own particular set of skills as helpfully as possible. In many ways, we're enjoying the safest and most prosperous period in human history. But it doesn't feel like that. Inequality has never been so chronic. Never in history has it been possible for so few individuals to hoard so much wealth. Environmental catastrophe is upon us, yet we continue to wreak havoc as we find more and more ways to permanently tear energy from the planet's dwindling reserves. Never before has mental illness been so ubiquitous as swathes of the population feel surplus to requirements, betrayed and ignored by their leaders. As the digital age matures, we have become separate individuals set against one another, railroaded by the predictions of our own personal bubbles, bubbles optimised not for our benefit, but to sell our attention to advertisers. Never before have stupidity and ignorance been given such an easy ride. Never before has less knowledge or accountability been required to broadcast an opinion. Reality has become white noise. Distraction follows distraction follows endless, unlimited distraction as our emotions are relentlessly buffeted on the whims of algorithms. I think we need to focus. I don't mean focus on the people we disagree with and why they're wrong, but I don't mean focus on the anxieties of our situation either. In recent years, we've been inventing new technologies at an accelerating rate, but the only guide has been the market's insatiable thirst for what they call growth. That growth does not benefit us. It eats our work and attention, only to be skimmed away by investors who store it in our city centres as real estate, inflating house prices to the point of absurdity, driving us from our homes and scattering communities to the wind. I want to focus all of our energy, all of our technology and all of our creativity on something that first and foremost benefits us. So I've come up with this idea to imagine a new country, designed from the ground up to benefit its citizens first. To think about how things would look if we dumped all the legacy and used all the latest technologies to design a new system from scratch. In my mind, this is starting small. It's hypothetical, it's just one country, not the entire planet, not something that we have to figure out exactly how to do. It's interesting to me because it short circuits the how that can sabotage a conversation about doing this in the real world. Given unlimited resources and the most skilled designers, engineers and civic leaders, how would we make a government that took care of everything it's supposed to? I'm not talking about marginal improvements. I'm talking about a world where anybody can get their clothes in a boutique store, if you like that sort of thing. Anybody can eat organic and eschew plastic, where anyone can get the private healthcare experience of having a doctor who knows you well, who you can trust to spot a problem before it becomes a problem. A state where everybody can have a nice home, where we could work on things that we're most interested in and be supported while we try to figure out exactly what that might be. Where schools are like palaces with well-paid teachers who have all the best resources at their disposal, where everybody feels safe and nobody has to resort to drugs or violence just to survive. 
Personally, I think there's more than enough wealth kicking around this planet to make something like that possible. But you don't have to agree with me to play the game. I just want to see what people would do if money was no object, which, by the way, it is no object, but I'll save that for another video. I'm a software engineer, musician, and I make videos. I'm good at thinking about systems and making stuff to put on the internet, but I'm just one person. Most of the ideas I've shared on Blank State so far are not my own. I didn't really understand this growth thing until a couple of weeks ago. I didn't really pay too much attention to the environment until Ivanka kept bringing it up on our podcast. I stopped eating meat to lose weight, not because I cared about the animals. I wasn't aware of how angry everyone was outside the capital of the country I live in until Brexit. I knew something was wrong, but I assumed it was just me. But it wasn't just me, and it isn't just you. I need your help, I need your skills, experience and unique perspective because I have this strong sense that while we're all worried about something different, that when presented with a vision of how things should be, we would mostly agree. If all this sounds like some utopian vision, why not ask yourself this? Why is utopia such a dirty word? Why is simply describing someone's vision as utopian enough to discredit their argument? How are we ever going to invent something we want if we're not even allowed to imagine it or talk about it? So I'm going to keep creating media for this channel. The cryptocurrency taxes was just one idea, and I think it demonstrates how a little video can effectively communicate a very complex idea. I'd like this channel to start feeling more like School of Life. Lots of ideas presented in short, shareable videos, created to start conversations. I'd love to get some help choosing what to focus on next. What idea is obvious to you, but no one else seems to understand. I want to give you some tools to transcend the artificial divides we're all experiencing and work together to picture something better. So, that's, yeah, that was kind of... That was sort of like the blank statement introduction. Yeah. There's a lot in them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to respond to. But it's very heartfelt. Well, not heartfelt, that's minimising it. Well. I think it's... Or maybe it isn't. I don't think it's minimising it. It's just like what I've realised I want to... Say. I think one the thing that stuck with me is that uh, what's your thing that seems obvious to you, but no mm. one else? Um, right. Okay, well. That was in the call to action, so it's yeah, good yeah. that that's what you remembered. <laughs> Even the, the feedback on this Twitter thing, there's lots of people, you know, everyone's got their own version of, like, in their head of what they're afraid of or what they're bothered by or what mm. makes them angry. And I think having an arena where those things can be discussed or put forward is... Is it good? Also, it's focused on solving, not blaming. Because yeah. that's it. That's the other thing on the feedback on this thing of mine. It's like, well, if you, if they didn't, if you didn't, no, you were not as bad as you. You're not. You know what I mean? It's mm. like it's still uh, uh, a any. I mean, there's no need for debate. It doesn't call for debate. But if if there's going to be a debate, it would be nice that it would be about what you're going to do rather than, you know, it sort of assumes everyone has to do something, which I think is really important, uh, you know, which I tried to, you know, we've differently included, like my Trump essay thing, uh, sort of, you know, says that everyone needs to do something. What are you going to do? Not let me explain to you why you need to do something. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think and it's on a... Season do. Yeah, and it's a positive yeah. because it's like... It's not what you want to fix. It's because it isn't. It's like, what new ideas have you got? Mm. It's like, so, let's yeah. come up with a coat. Let's forget. So, but do you think like it would be valuable to broadcast this as a thing? Or do you, I don't know, like. Well, why not? 
<laughs> number one, like you know, I think strategy. strategy. But what about strategy? Marketing strategy. <laughs> I don't know. I always feel like there's some marketing strategy that you've got to. Well, yeah, you do need a marketing strategy. I think, but but also, I think the the internet does support you putting things out in a few different ways. I think it's it's. I think you've got a lot of. I think you could split it and have multiple because there's quite right. there's a lot of ideas in there yeah. each of which is quite deep i don't even know yeah i don't even know you know like you introduce yourself like yeah just trying to think of because that's also sort of explaining why you're qualified to have the to do it but actually well, just what or i'm just trying to say what i can do as well like towards the end i'm like okay look i can make videos and shit and think about systems but uh, yeah, I just still don't know anything. Do you, but did that not? No, no, it, it, I was like, I suppose the the I Ching's advice that uh, <laughs> the the truth is the uh, path of least resistance. I think when I say why not, it's like put it out there. Yeah. Like, what's the? What would you hold back, or what would you? No. I don't know. It's like, is is it? Is it? I, I guess I wonder if it's. I don't know. Does anyone care? Probably not. It's. <laughs> yeah, but how many people? I mean, realistically, how many people do you need to care? Three, one, one good idea. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't need to be twenty thousand. I'm quite looking forward to using this, you know, the the fact that I've been for the last 20 years working really hard on stuff to put it out artistically that re- does, certainly doesn't make any money or go anywhere most of the time means that I'm kind of like pretty used to the idea of that, that to do that with a purpose beyond myself is a very small step and doesn't require any sort of like reconfiguring of anything like it's interesting how it's not philanthropy but activism i don't i I wouldn't call what i'm doing activism but it's interesting how that kind of isn't a big step from artist yeah yeah and like likewise you're sort of you've 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 taken a step like the artist from activism into artist a little bit <laughs> oh, yeah. doing that. It's like they're strangely connected. But I've also been warned against making the art too activist-y. <laughs> it's often the point at which I turn off. Is When someone writes a song about the politi- political message, I'll start to be like... Ah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I've got my next idea, like once I've blank state fails. Um, <laughs> no, I had an idea for a YouTube channel where... Like we kind of tie back. It's, um, well, I was on the plane, right, and I looked, you know, and it's just a random mix of people, and I looked to my left, and someone was watching something I love, and I was like, yes, someone's watching that thing I love. And I looked to my right, just over a couple of seats, and I was like, 
ah, the last thing she was watching I wasn't sure about, but I'm really glad she's watching this because it's great. And um, if there is a common ground to be found, it is that it is film and TV series. <laughs> and that's why YouTube, I think, is like the biggest channels are based on sort of film stuff, film criticism and stuff, or gaming, which is obviously another huge industry. Um, I thought, well, what, you know, I suppose another way into all this would be to somehow tie the latest Marvel blockbuster back into Brexit or something, right? <laughs> or into, like, tie that something back into universal basic income. And um, I've already had my, my first thoughts on... I, I thought of a. I noticed that Game of Thrones is quite a good allegory for Brexit and climate change. Yes. So um, uh, King's Landing is like Brexit and political bullshit going on. Meanwhile, the uh, Ice King is coming down from the north, and winter is coming. And so this last series is all going to be uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's nice that you were all mucking about on this Brexit stuff, but actually, something real is happening. Yeah. So um, you know, be be. Well, the, the Starks, uh, winter is coming. So um, they're the, uh, <laughs> the climate change warners. And then in King's Landing, there's all this, the, the, the Trumps and the Theresa Mays fucking about, ignoring the fact that it's coming and occasionally getting interrupted with, oh, God, something's actually going on. So I thought Game of Thrones would be a good starting point for that. But I'll hold off until... But then also with that, you can then tie it into the releases of these things. So that was another idea I had. I might have a go at that. So many ideas. I've got I've barely got enough time to do one podcast uh, mm. on top of life. Um, so I had this idea for a, a YouTube channel called Mummy Mends. Right. Because <laughs> I mend lots of things. <laughs> and my daughter brings things. She gets, Mummy, I'm going to nursery. While I'm at nursery, can you please mend my buckle? Like some of the things she thinks that I'm yeah. going to be able to mend are quite, quite <laughs> remarkable. But then I, some, some of the things I can mend, I think, is quite mm. cool. So that, that was one of my ideas for a YouTube channel. But I, was, I always think of it after I've just mended something. <laughs> So it's like it wouldn't be hard, and it has that nice mummy men's thing, which I think yeah, it's good alliteration. Know, yeah, there. yeah, so that would be cool. This is why I did my little okay. What if I didn't have to worry about a job? What would my schedule be? So you should think about that as well. Like, what's what's the schedule you want? Well, right? when we find our billionaire if who's, who's going to drop all then not not unpaid tax on us. So we yeah, can make or things. just get a Patreon sure. going or whatever it is, a crowdfunding or a not like like a, a, a social enterprise or something. I don't know, like some mm. way of being able to work on the stuff we want to work on and give it. So because I've you know I sort of planned out. Okay, I've got my monthly YouTube music video that I've got to do, so I'll put these times aside. Then we've got podcast stuff, a bit of time for a free swim, think about things on a Friday afternoon, and then maybe like a week like a week's worth of days on the, my, the blank state media production and then maybe another few days a month on my sort of democracy platform, whatever that might be. Um, just kind of like visualising the timetable. <laughs> so to at least have something in mind, it's like the blank state thing. It's like, let's see what we want it to be. And then if something comes up that seems to be towards that, then we'll spot it. But your, I mean, yours is going pretty well, right? If you assuming, you know. We both enjoy a bit of paid work. Yeah, we do. I do like my paid work. 
The uh, the thing that's suffering in my life at the moment is the time for self care, not mm. doing enough Pilates and back stuff. And but I'm sure the pendulum will swing back at some point. listening i was just gonna say thank you for listening i've forgotten what we do thank you for listening listening. thank you thank you uh if you like the podcast come to grandpodcast.com if you want to help it would be wonderful if you wrote us a review uh subscribe tell your friends uh go and read things that we write uh generally just you know share it out write to us yeah, write to us at hello at grandpodcast.com. Um, that's the thing. Like, I should, I, I keep complaining about, so, so you know, we, we don't get likes and, you know, little kind of real-time feedback like Facebook or Twitter in the same way. Uh, it being a podcast, there's a bit more separation. So that's, I've been saying, like, if you did want to send us an email, that would be good. But then that's a little bit stupid that I'm not reading the reviews, isn't it? Because some of those would probably be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I might get a boost. Uh, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Mm, and yes, it's, it's it's all kicking off over there. It really is, really, <laughs> really is. And uh, you can find me at michaelforrestmusic.com, also at michaelforrest on Twitter, if you fancy Twitter. Thanks for listening. Thank and you just, very much. You know, keep the faith. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you've got any thoughts, just give us an email. Bye. Bye.